Hey there, it's JVL on The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today. We talked about a lot of stuff and it gets pretty dark. Mostly we talked about Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. And then we get into Bob Kagan's giant piece about the possible end of democracy. Yeah, buckle up. Here's the show. Then there's all the people on the right, like National Review, being like, DeSantis won with both charisma and with substance. And you're like, did you guys watch this thing? Because DeSantis shouted over Newsom the whole time. And he did that smile thing of his. He, did, he was he, He's uncomfortable in his own oh, skin. He nobody is, wants to spend four years licking and listening to that guy. Nobody And nobody wants to be around him. Like, yeah. the if you think that the having a beer thing is even remotely a litmus test, because the having a beer thing is like, do I think that you are a human that I would be around? And the answer on DeSantis is absolutely not. No. I will say for me, it is also a, a hard no on Gavin Newsom, though. Uh, the sort of oozy Same. and... Talk about a guy <laughs> who walked in there thinking he was going to wipe the floor with DeSantis. Did you get that vibe? Too? That's so oh, funny. Yeah. You and I have the same thing. I just thought he was underprepared. He showed up thinking that this was just like a TV hit and he was going to wipe the floor. Whereas DeSantis prepped for this like it was the first general election presidential debate. Totally. Like DeSantis had murder boarded this and, he you had know. pictures of poop and. Yeah, and I mean, it, I, I thought Newsom was was criminally underprepared same uh, and also, i'm so glad that you thought the same well and, and i think a little bit you know part of this is sussing out right the people's especially in this case newsome because i think we haven't seen him the way that we've just been watching desantis put on what has been an incredibly lackluster political performance um and i think that what we were shown is like what a desantis would be if he had like a, a real foil i guess I, I i don't know and so clearly he's better I wish he would go that hard at Trump as he went well, at is, Newsom. Yeah, this is what Bill and I said yesterday, last night, was that th what is revealing is that DeSantis can't do any of this in a Republican primary. Yeah, right. Because of the bizarre, for yeah. some reason, in this primary, unlike every other primary in the history of the yeah. world, you can't criticize the guy who's leading by 50. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But but even if you could, I mean, I'm just not sure how well sort of Runty McShouty plays uh, in in the Republican primary. Yeah. Um, or I mean, I didn't think it played last night, but at least at least what he had on his side was the idea that like Gavin Newsom's the governor of California, and so like there is just the reflexive. I mean, Sean Hannity was was obviously just holding, and and this is this was the other thing about Newsom. This was the thing I was going to say is if you're assessing people's sort of political acumen. Some of it is the strategy side of what they think. So Sean Hannity had clearly, Sean and and Gavin clearly know each other and like schmooze it up. And I and so he agreed to do this debate on Fox's turf, Hannity's turf, DeSantis's turf. Okay, a lot of confidence, can respect it if you can bring it when it the time comes. But instead, you know, it was a two-on-one situation oh, with yeah. every single thing was like, Let's compare. It became the this, most like, slanted. It was almost funny. It was funny. How I mean, nobody funny, was pretending like, yeah. like the idea that that Sean Hannity was being an honest broker there, which he like at the beginning said he was going to be, and then didn't even feign yeah. an attempt at it because all the questions were basically like, "Why is California such a shithole?" California is a dystopian hellhole, Governor. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain why that is? That's right, Governor. What are the odds that of the 
the tens of millions of illegal immigrants who have streamed in over our southern border, what are the odds that some of them are horrible domestic, horrible terrorists who are going to kill the, the God-fearing people of Missouri? What are the odds of that, Governor? Yeah. Governor, you can tell that Joe Biden has lost his step, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was really stupid. I mean, this whole thing was really stupid. There's a lot of people out there sort of feigning a like, well, it's so good to have a real debate between like two people. And I'm like, this is all about these two guys' egos and about their, it has nothing to do with giving America some sense of where the political parties are or what they stand for. Because it really was about, it, it's like, uh, do I want to move to California or Florida? Make your cases, governors. And then they do. And you're like, I want to move to Montana. Uh, who wants to live in either of these terrible places uh, that both of you govern? I also, so I could not, I still can't. There's a lot of people who are um, saying that it's funny. So I, I started I started being like, wait, is he hitting him from his right? Like, why is Newsom saying to DeSantis, uh, you wanted amnesty. You were one of the first people to wear masks. You closed down the beaches. And I was like, what's happening right yeah, now? You could see what he's doing, but he didn't make that. I mean, what he, well, what did you think he was doing? What he was trying to do was say, once upon a time, you acted like a like a responsible person, and you've now rebelled against like the responsible shit you did because you're chasing these mouth breather voters in Iowa. And he did that not was do that effectively. To, because no, he did I not actually, do that effectively. I, I totally was agree. Like, I was like, is he just trying to help Trump ensure that he's? Yeah. I mean, it did it, not if, do that well. No, it was poorly done because it sounded like a criticism like he was hurling amnesty right. at him as though that was like a, a shot substantively and the, then that left that like begged to the question so does what it Newsom, wait what do you think we're doing about it immigration so you think that like letting people stay here is bad which okay that's a legitimate position but is that your position i don't understand what's happening right now yeah uh i mean so here's the thing i i think had Newsom prepared he is very good at this stuff uh, like he's not Mayor Pete level good, but he's in the same zip code as Mayor Pete. Uh-huh. And I think that had he really prepped for this and come to play, he would have done much better. Uh, he did feel like he was winging it. He I, said, and he had a couple of things that I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to yeah, interrupt, please, but, but just like when he was like, Donald Trump's more moderate than you on abortion. I'm like, are you making the case for Donald Trump? Stop <laughs> what it. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. It's uh, it's not. It wasn't super helpful, um, but that's okay. It didn't matter, uh, except to underscore. I, I said this to Bill last night too. I'll just repeat myself for because I think our audience is bigger than the Thursday night audience. Um, what an enormous mistake it was for Ron DeSantis to run in this cycle. Yeah, he had he not run. Last night's performance shows that he would have been the perfect vice presidential attack dog. Right. The kind of guy who Trump could have said, yeah, that's great. He'll go out there and be, you know, Trump might not like the weird smile, but he would have showed that he could go out there and be a killer for for Trump and all that. Uh, and of course, there's there is no reality in which Trump would pick him as as a VP. And all he has done is hurt himself and his future political prospects with this run for president. Yeah. Terrible, terrible mistake. Uh, I would say so we we often get a, you know, why do you, Tim and Sarah hate Newsom? Uh, I do, I do get not that? have uh, often. 
Awesome. Oh, interesting. And uh, this is just a reflection of your vestigial conservatism. No, it's uh, not. But you can do your. Sorry. Let me no, let me okay. just say. You, so sorry. for, yeah, for yeah, yeah. me, it is affect. It is so he. It's like all of the worst parts of the Clinton charm, but without any of the best parts of the Clinton charm. So that the, he is. You can see the ambition coming off of him in waves, uh-huh. and he is oily. And I just think, again, as political horse flesh, for me, an unappealing commodity. Now, unappealing in a different way than DeSantis. Like DeSantis is a like you know get out. I don't don't come near my personal space. I don't want to be near you. And with Newsom, it's like, does this guy have his hand in my pocket? Yeah. And uh, I. Look, he's got a fire in the belly, and that's great. He is a good debater normally, and that's great, and I respect those things. Uh, I I thought, I said this to Bill last night, I thought he actually did a bad job of defending California on liberal terms, right? Uh-huh. So like, one of the things, uh, you know, you, well, you look at all these taxes, and one of the things Newsom, I think, should have said is, yeah, yeah, we do. You know what we do? We, we tax people, especially people at the highest end of the, he did of the do brackets, that. so that we can build infrastructure and support the amazing yeah. uh, university system we have in order to attract yeah. business and create jobs. Like this is a, you know, like there is a method to all of this and it has worked because we are the fifth largest economy in the world. He did a little bit of that on education when he was like, yeah, we spend more per pupil because we're doing, we're reimagining all of education. It's a, an all day, all year thing. We're doing universal pre-K and I mean, he did a little... He sort of ran away from that stuff. I thought he could have made a better case for just the liberal view of government. Um, And he seemed to run away from that a little bit instead of... Well, I think part of it is I do think... Look, this is part of... I I would love to tell you why I don't like Gavin Newsom. Um, Please. I mean, Gavin Newsom, just on... Like, who is he really? And I think one of the big data points we have is this is a guy who was married to Kimberly Kimberly Guilfoyle, (laughs) who is now dating Don Jr., uh, he's clearly Do you friends. remember the picture in Vanity Fair? Yeah, but then Do you like remember lying, lying on, on the a like a tiger skin, skin runner. Skin skin yes, it's disgusting. <laughs> Anybody who would consent to that, I immediately say, "I'm sorry, no. I can't trust this." No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and so I, I am, um, yeah, I'm a hard no on Newsom, uh, but also I do think that this is one of the things where you know every now and then. There are things that I think you and I can't understand very well about the Democratic Party because we've never been of it. Um, and then I think there are other things that you and I might see more clearly than our Democratic friends uh, because we've never been of it. And one of the things that I will tell you is that the vast majority, I don't care that California, it may be the fifth, fifth largest economy in the world, uh, but it is not where most Americans live. Uh, it is certainly not where any of the swing states are. And the idea of being governor of California, California is a foil and an example of where Pennsylvania doesn't want to be California. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin doesn't want to be California. They do not share values with California. And if you want to win swing states, a guy who went to the French laundry drink, I don't think he realizes like his career was over when that happened. Because it, it, it's just the same way, what's his name in England? Like, you lock down your state with your liberal elites and then you go to the French Laundry. You are living. You are a living embodiment of what people think of when they think of kind of the limousine liberal set 
that they hate. It's sort of the way that Democrats like didn't understand that Hillary Clinton, who was obviously, I mean, sometimes I watch her both now and even clips of her back when, and she's so good. She's very good. So good. Would have been I, a pretty good president, I think. You don't understand <laughs> America and where America lives and who they are and how much they hated the Clintons and how much the people who hated her hard permeated the people who hated her just enough to discount her forever. And you can dislike that that's the case, but it is the case. And so if you think Gavin Newsom can win Wisconsin, just cut this tape, take it with you first, put it in a time capsule. Gavin Newsom's not going to win Wisconsin or uh, Arizona or Pennsylvania. And like you need the reason that I like Whitmer and Shapiro uh, and think about people like even um, Wes Moore or um, what's his name in Georgia? Uh, help me. Warnock. Warnock. Like people who win in purple places, not people who live and have values that reflect deep red places. Like we live on a razor's edge now, a coin flip, and you need people who are come from places that can articulate a value set that comports with the people that you need to win over in these swing states. Yeah. And here, so here's the thing that worried me about last night. It was as I was watching the reaction over on threads where you should be, um, of a lot of the liberal types who I follow and adore and, you know, like, like, so like Molly John, Molly John uh, fast are, uh -huh. are who, who is a bosom friend of mine. Um, like Molly Jong was like, you know, this is this is a uh, you know he's destroying DeSantis. This is the stop the fight. It's over. That's sort. And I looked at that. and I just thought, I don't, I don't see that at all. Yeah. And I I think this looks like DeSantis is winning on the merits, and I mean, winning in the in the most meaningless sense of the word, right? Right. But what worried me is especially having just read so I, I watched the debate after having just read this bob kagan piece from the washington post yeah in i i what makes me as nervous as anything else is anytime somebody says stop your catastrophizing look at all the special elections we've beaten these guys five elections in a row it's in the bag you know, Biden is going to win a comfortable victory over Trump. Don't, you know, stop wetting the bed. And I, that makes me so nervous. And I, because again, I don't see that in any of the data. Yeah. You know, let's, and, let's talk about the Kagan piece because I, I read it this morning and I'm glad you didn't read it before bed like I did because it gave me away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I know. Uh, well, why don't you, do you want to sort of... No, you, you, you've well, just me, read it. Let me, so let me just say this. that that I, So one of the things that I recommend... So I first of all, it's in the post. I recommend it. We recommend it. Um, and it, what it is is a piece that's like, you guys are not thinking hard enough about what it will look like if Trump really wins. And he definitely can win. Okay? That's sort of the, the thesis. And then he sort of lays out, think about, like, think it through a little bit. Like if this happens and this happens and and what I like, what I think you, you and I like about it is I think people don't try hard enough and he is trying hard to live in the future and imagine. And not the distant future. Not the distant future. Like 16 right? weeks in the future. That's right. And he says something I think just, but, but actually one of the things I wanted to, I don't know that you do this, but I do this a lot in the kind of democracy world that I live in. 
there are things called scenario planning exercises where people you people at a conference or something they'll be like okay let's think through this scenario and it'll be like trump wins but it's by um you know trump you'll have like one group will have a scenario like trump wins decisively you know in four states uh he wins wisconsin arizona georgia and pennsylvania and then there's another one where it's like trump wins by you know six or like three thousand votes in one state and how do people react and then it's like okay joe biden wins but it's only by three thousand votes in one state you know and so you play out these scenarios and so i think bob kagan comes from a think tank world where he does this kind of scenario planning and he's thought about this now pretty hard and he basically took a scenario planning and said okay i'm gonna lay this out for you guys i'm gonna run one of these things through because it's not just how do it's not just he you know trump could win and then he'll do you know schedule f and get rid of the civil service it's also like okay so how does the left react and what does that look like how does the donor class react and what does this look like like what does it mean uh internationally what does it mean what are the checks that we used to have that we don't have what are the norms that are already broken that are no longer there to stop what's next and so in that regard he lays out what is an enormously bleak scenario but not at all. And like the other thing he does is he's like, if you had a 50% chance of a meteor hitting the earth, like you would do something about it or you would prepare in some way. And he's like, and the people are acting like, well, there's no meteor or, you know, so. Uh, it's, it's the movie Don't Look Up, yeah. right? That That's where we are right now. It's kind of a stupid movie, and, but. I never saw it, but yes, but this is the, this is, this is what I'm writing about this morning. Yeah is that we are standing on the beach and we can see this enormous storm on the horizon. But it's sunny right now. And so we're just like, well, you know. Like, we are on the well, doorstep just, of crisis. No, no, no. We don't say, oh, well. We, we sit and wring our hands and fret about the storm. But we don't do anything about the storm. So The public isn't. I, what I meant by we is I meant the public. Like, the public isn't even in the oh, wringing oh, their sure. hands phase, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, you just like everyone's just eh, going on. Well, oh, I'm really mad that I can only go to Disney World twice this year. You know, like, I don't know, man. Like, this is this is for reals and it's coming. There is no avoiding this crisis. Now, we might get through the crisis when it hits, but we are in the doorstep of an existential crisis for our democracy. And I'm a little sick and fucking tired of being told, why are you obsessing about Trump? Why can't you talk about it? You know, you just, you, you need him more as much as the people who are in the MAGA grifter class need him. Well, you know, like we're going to, we're going to make the case for Tim Scott. You know, I, I, I just, I am sorry, but fuck you. You know, it you had know? been a while actually since somebody had accused me of wanting Trump. But last night when I was, you know, crapping on both these guys, but I was all, you know, hitting DeSantis for being like a totally wooden weirdo. Uh, there was a bunch of people being like, Sarah Longwell needs Trump to happen. I was like, okay, uh, cool. cool. Great. Yeah, great. Great commentary. Um, so it's, uh, it's bad. One of the, one of the things Kagan says, uh, also is that we haven't really grappled with what it will mean to have Trump elected in the face of his prosecutions, because that is a very very clear signal that the rule of law simply does not apply to him he will have broken the rule of law right no no matter what 
you know, the, the, the institutions of the country tried to use legal means to constrain him, and it turns out that he was able to thwart that. And you combine this with, did you, did you listen to Bill's conversation with John Carl? No. So uh, you should do that, and it's terrifying. And the reason it's terrifying is because, so do you, do you know John Carl at all? I've been on TV with him. That's okay. It. So he's a he's a very straight shooter, traditional reporter down the middle. I'm going to say he's a both sides type, but I don't mean that in like the negative sense of the word. Like, yeah. I mean he is he is not uh, he's not anywhere near like a a partisan reporter. Sure. So he's on with Bill, and he basically sounds like Molly Jongfast. <laughs> um, or us right or yeah. ian basin like he he sounds like one of uh a, a democracy space activist with his hair on fire and why does john carl sound like that it's because he's just spent a year writing a book about what the next trump term would look like hmm. and in the course of that he has spoken to a few hundred republicans many of whom worked for trump all of whom are telling him this is catastrophic for America. This is what he's going to do. He must be stopped. And again, as and John says in the course of the interview, he said, you know, my, my book reads like resistance porn. But you have to understand that 95% of the sources in it are Republicans who are pro-Trump and who many of whom worked for him. Yeah. Like this is, it is they, not they're like. They're still pro-Trump? Well, I mean, privately, they're right. all anti-Trump. Sure. Publicly, they, you know. They're quiet or they'll, you know, they'll leak something to, to Jeff Goldberg or something. I mean, I, and this is, I would say reading that in conjunction with the Kagan piece, because the Kagan piece is like, hey, this thing is happening. We're heading towards something that could look like a dictatorship. And Carl's like, here is what, here's what a second term looks like uh, based again <laughs> On reporting with people and and with access to Trump, like he spoke to Trump uh, a bunch of times for the. Th this is, this is all very bad. Yeah, I mean, and this is, I think, part of it is it's not it's the, it's like the boy who cried wolf, but if there were wolves every single time, right? Like, like, come on, that's a good thing. Tell I tell me made more. Out. I'm trying to understand it. It's like, I think the problem is is we're always like it's very bad. And every time it turns out to be real and maybe even worse than we contemplated. <laughs> but like, yes, that's still, very good. And yeah. so when we're still being like, uh, it's going to be very bad. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're always telling it's us. All, it's yeah, bad. it's going to be very bad. Uh, and and I think that um, what I liked about the piece. OK, now I now that I fully got my head around it. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, I told JVL uh, when we were. Our, when we were about to do our economic, it's not coming out for two weeks. Uh, and so by then I will be well done with COVID. Uh, but I, we were going to have our fight with half my immune system tied behind my back. <laughs> I also thought it was funny. It was fantastic. Um, okay. Now I'm like all, I'm like complimenting myself the, the on boy my jokes who and I forget the boy, my... We are like the boy who cried wolf, but there were actually wolves every time. Exactly. And so at some point people are like, I don't know, eat me, I guess. Uh, be, I, like... <laughs> It's just like, yeah, there's always it's all there's always wolves. We're always at the precipice of democracy ending of a dictatorship. Um, uh, the 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 thing I liked about the piece was. And I, Kagan's done this a couple times, his his these creed accords that he puts out there, they're meant to like take you by the shoulders, 
and shake you and be like, just stop being complacent. Uh, this is going to be way worse than you think. Why are you just... And, and, and so part of it to me, so I was reading it and I was thinking, one of the things that's going to happen if Trump gets elected, I, this is going to happen for me, is we're going to look back on the Biden years and think, there were so many things we could have done, for example, to limit the size and scope of government. Now, here you want to talk, you want to talk about me sounding like a conservative all of a sudden. The fact, the, the growth in our federal government, like the fact that it's so big, uh, will allow Trump to do an enormous amount of damage. Uh, you know, we have, we have continued to allow for presidential powers to get out of control. Uh, every administration has expanded those powers. And I wish we had done a lot of reining in of the federal government during these the Biden administration with the You're idea that Trump want to hear my response to this. I'm not. But go ahead. Hey, Sarah, do you know there's, there's actually more of the show? Oh, yeah. there is. How much more? There's more. So much more. All of the more. It goes on for hours. If people want to get the rest of the show, you, you know what they have to do, right? I think they have to go to Bowler Plus. Do they have to subscribe? What do they yes, have to do? Yes. They have to pay us money. Oh, good. pay that man his money. And go uh, to thebulwark.com and subscribe to become a member of Bulwark Plus. All the good stuff's on the other side. Bye. Bye.